This is The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth. Good morning and welcome to The Weekender on Y95, brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center. I'm Kevin Northup. The Weekender for Saturday, December 10th, 2022. Coming up this hour, Dumping Day was held this past Monday in LFA 34. Jacob Postlewaite speaks with Parliamentary Secretary to the Department of Fisheries and Oceans and Cape Breton Canso MP Mike Kellaway on the outlook for the season. The 2022 Timber Cup High School Hockey Tournament is back next weekend in Yarmouth. We talk to the head coaches of the host teams, Julian Boudreau of Paramba and Jake McClay of the Yarmouth Vikings. And Easter Seals has opened an office on Main Street in Yarmouth. We'll chat with President and CEO of the Nova Scotia branch, Joanne Bernard, about how they help those with disabilities. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Kevin Northup. There were well wishes from the federal government for LFA 34 and 33 fishers as they set out on dumping day. LFA 34 season was delayed by one week. They went out on Monday. We're going to speak this morning with the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Fisheries, Oceans, and the Canadian Coast Guard, and also the MP for Cape Breton Canso, Mike Kellaway, on dumping day and the upcoming lobster fishing season. Here's Jacob Postlewaite. How are you feeling heading into the season? Um, I'm feeling well. Listen, uh, the LFAs 33 and 34 uh, have a long season. Uh, starts now, goes to the end of May. So first and foremost, I'm wishing all uh, the men and women in, in, in the fishery down there uh, safety and health. Um, it's a huge economic driver, Jacob. Um, for the province, for the region, and for the Canada, I think, I think last year uh, the generated landed value uh, of catches was around 515 million dollars just from 33 and 34 alone. Uh, so it's a huge economic driver uh, for 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 Yarmouth and uh, the rest of Nova Scotia. Um, but it's also doing something incredibly important, and that is assisting in, in food supply and the food chain and food security. Um, and as a grandson of a fisher, and most of my uncles are fishers back in Cape Breton, um, I know how important this, um, this, this job is. But I also know it's not just a job. It's part of our culture. It's part of our way of life. And Dumping Day is very much part of that. It is very much um, uh, a significant day. Um, and one that uh, will lead to a, a, a lot of smiling faces but with a lot of hard work uh, that goes with it. And so very, uh, very pleased to say this day come. And I'm always, you know, uh, always worried uh, about weather and conditions, but I'm also secure in the fact that we have uh, amazing professionals on the boats. Uh, We have amazing people and processing plants that contribute so much uh, to our province. And it's, been nothing but a pleasure to serve them as parliamentary secretary uh, for fisheries, oceans, and the Coast Guard. But today is about uh, LFA uh, 33 and 34, and uh, it uh, it will be, I believe, I and I always believe going into the fishing season, uh, it's going to be a good year and a safe year, and one that is going to provide value to families, communities, the province, and the country. No, absolutely. That's a that's a great message for for fishers. Uh, I want to ask a little bit about how DFO is preparing for the season, um, and maybe a little bit about what resources will be out on the water. Uh, for sure. So you know we have uh, a committee that's made up of obviously stakeholders, LFA, 
Canadian Coast Guard. We have the Joint Rescue folks. Uh, we have Coast Guard Auxiliary. We have MCTS. We have a whole host uh, of coordinated across the board um, government entities that sole focus is to work with fishers to ensure safety on the water, to ensure response time is there should something happen. Um, and this has been going on for a couple of decades, this coordinated effort. And what we've seen is when we're coordinated and communicated, um, lives are saved. Um, and that just goes back to, I talked a little bit about how important the safety and the health of fishers are to me personally. And, uh, as an MP in Cape Breton and also parliamentary secretary, but also for the men and women in the Coast Guard and the Joint uh, Rescue uh, Committees and uh, the other um, uh, entities that are connected to safety uh, in the department. So we'll have a coordinated effort with DND, DFO, RCAF, um, and uh, to ensure that um, you know we have the uh, uh, the people on the water, on the ground to respond to um, any type of disturbance that may come the fisher's way. And uh, you mentioned the economic impact a little earlier, but I was wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit more and just tell us, you know, how important the fishery is to the economy of Nova Scotia. Well, gladly. And this is something that I tout a lot um, in, in Ottawa about Nova Scotia. You know, we have just to put it in perspective, in Southwest Nova, we'll have 1,500 vessels uh, going out uh, and, and fishing. Uh, we have uh, license holders that will more or less uh, bring in uh, millions upon millions of dollars in landed value. So to put it in perspective, in 2020, 2021, uh, Jacob, uh, in the LFA-34, the land value was approximately $376 million. That's in uh, LFA 34. In LFA 33, the approximate uh, land value was $139 million. That is substantial. And the lobster fishery in the Maritimes region alone, you know, that accounts for about 45% of the total Canadian landing of lobster. And 29% of the total, and this is a really cool stat for us to remember, 29% of total American, North American lobster landings happen in our region. That is absolutely substantial. So what does this do? Um, it enables us to have a strong tax base. It enables us to invest in community initiatives. It enable, enables us to um, build off the successful um, industry that is lobster and look at ways to invest to, to be better at it. Um, so when people tell me we need a, a rural uh, strategy, a rural economic strategy. I couldn't agree more. And I say, always, I always say, let's start with the fishery. Let's start with the lobster fishery in terms of building on that large asset that we can look at, you know, being better and doing better from an economic standpoint. And then, of course, culturally, um, whether you're in Yarmouth or you're in Shelburne, uh, whether you're in Digby, uh, whether you're in Cape Breton, for that matter, this is a way of life. This is who we are. Um, this is uh, in our blood. And it is an opportunity for us to remember that. But it's also an opportunity for us to invest, to grow, to work with fishers, to listen to fishers. Um, and that's what I've been doing in the past year. And uh, the innovation that exists in the mind of men and women that are fishers is 
quite uh, quite amazing. Absolutely. Uh, and there are there any reminders or anything you want fishers to be aware of heading out on the water this season? Well, simply, you know, from from myself and and, and for my family and for the government of Canada, uh, we're grateful. We're grateful for the men and women that go out um, that literally do risk their lives um, to ensure uh, that they put food on their table, but also that we can put food on our table. Um, and my message to them will simply be, be, be safe, uh, be aware, be alert. Uh, and there's a brotherhood and sisterhood in the fishery, having uh, my grandparents, um, both fishers, is, is that have your brothers and sisters back, and they do. And uh, I just wish them well, safety, security, and uh, that come uh, May, everyone is had a good year, beneficial year, and a safe year. Absolutely. And uh, one thing we saw in, in mostly in the last year was a reduction in some bait fisheries and, and the closure of others. And there's also bans on imports from Russia right now. Uh, so is DFO working with fishers to find alternative bait sources or to help them with securing bait for the season? Uh, absolutely. Um, they are. Um, we're consistently, uh, the department is consistently meeting with fishers. In fact, I have met with fishers and processors um, on uh, things like alternative bait. Um, um, and I know there's a lot of activity in that particular area of alternative bait. Um, so we want and we do work hand in glove with the associations. Um, and uh, oftentimes we, if not more times than not, we will get really interesting feedback in terms of, you know, uh, alternative bait, what might work, what does work, what can't work. And that feeds back into the scientists that are doing work on this very topic as well. So absolutely, um, alternative bait is of top priority for this government. And it is top priority for fishers. Um, because, we, you know, as things adapt and change, we need to adapt and change with it. Uh, and we need to be ahead of the curve in most cases or be able to respond in a timely factor to ensure that the bait is there so that fishers can do what they do best. And how are lobster stocks looking at this time? Do you guys have any idea of whether things are, you know, going up, going down? What's kind of going on there? Uh, in terms of uh, in terms of the, the the cost, or in terms of the like the the, the catch, the the uh, the uh, the lobster in the water, like you know, in terms of how healthy the stock is. Well, we could certainly talk about both. Uh, let's talk, I guess, first about the catch and and how healthy the stock is. Yeah, all, all indications are from what I'm looking at, um, Jacob, is that the stock is healthy, but you never take that for granted. So that's why conservation. Uh, sustainability and, and everyone having a line of sight on that is important, not just DFO and its scientists, but the fishers. And the fishers are very much obviously uh, important in that process because they are the conservationists, they're the environmental stewards, along with being fishers. And in terms of um, the cost of lobster and the price of lobster, more, more importantly, you know, um, uh, I'm hearing uh, different things. So, you know, uh, I'll leave the, uh, the official uh, the official count to come from uh, the way it normally does. But, 
you know, I'm hoping for a, a good season, a healthy season when it comes to the price of lobster. Um, but it's always something that anybody in any coastal community, fisher or otherwise, is always watching uh, is the price of lobster and where that falls. But, you know, uh, I'm confident we'll be, we'll be, we'll be okay this year. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, let's see how it all pans out. But I know one thing for certain, um, fishers will do what they do best, and that's fish. Absolutely. Uh, and we have had some fisheries that have been going on for a little while now. So uh, as far as the price goes, what have you been hearing from some of the other fisheries? Well, you know, uh, in some cases, to be honest with you, I've heard um, it was a decent season. When I talk to some fishers, I hear it was an okay season. I hear that in some cases it might have been a, um, a little um, a little disappointing season. So what I've learned in this job, Jacob, is that, you know, um, you certainly will, you need to talk to a lot, a huge percentage of fishers uh, and in terms of getting uh, everyone's context as to what was a good year, what wasn't a good year. Um, but it seems like, you know, the past couple of years um, with COVID, it's been an unpredictable number of three years in terms of the price and whatnot. But let's be honest here. The, one of the things that will impact fishers is um, the, uh, you know, uh, worldwide inflation uh, and, you know, the cost of fuel. So fishers are keeping that in mind, too, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, making sure that they're, um, you know, being uh, as prudent as they can on the uh, on that side of the house when it comes to uh, costs. Um, but I, I'm, I'm very hopeful that it will be a good year. And you have a final message that you want to share for fishers. Yes, for for those in uh, 33, 34, um, um, be well. I've I've gotten to know many of you through um, uh, meetings, conversations, both in person and Zoom. Uh, be well, be safe, uh, and uh, the most important thing uh, beyond um, the price of lobster, beyond the economic value, is you and your family, and that you get home safe, and that everyone. Um, has the ability to uh, have a win-win-win. For sure. And is there anything else you wanted to mention about this year's fishing season? Uh, no, I think that's, uh, I think we've covered it. Um, you know, I think uh, all the uh, processes are in place, Jacob, in terms of safety and security from a government perspective and our various departments are uh, coordinated with uh, both 33 and 34. Um, you know, we're, we're good to go there, um, and uh, we will um, uh, look forward to a productive season for everybody, um, and everyone remains safe. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for, for joining me, for discussing the season, what's going on from the DFO perspective, and just giving us an insight into, you know, what you guys are doing this season. So thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. That was Cape Breton Canso MP Mike Kellaway, the Parliamentary Secretary to the Minister of Fisheries, Oceans, and the Canadian Coast Guard. The Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Kevin Northup. 
Well, the most famous high school hockey tournament uh, around these parts coming back uh, for another weekend. Next weekend, it's the 2022 Timber Cup. And uh, it's great to have it back. It was on last year as well. It was right before everything shut down, I think. So we hope we don't have a repeat of uh, of that this year. But uh, the Timber Cup is always great. Brings in a lot of uh, teams from outside the area as well. Uh, the co-hosts of the tournament are the Parambas Sharks and the Yarmouth High Vikings. They do a great job every year. And I'm with the head coaches of both of these clubs, uh, head coach for Yarmouth, uh, Jake McClay and head coach for uh, the Sharks, Julian Boudreau. To both of you, good morning. Thank you for being here. Thanks a lot. Thanks for having us. Morning, Kevin. Thanks for having us. Now, this has obviously been a very busy time uh, for both of you, preparing your teams and preparing to, I guess, host the tournament. Uh, my first question, I guess, would be what kind of goes behind the scenes into making sure this goes off without a success, with, a, with success? Um, early in September, we, we get the ball rolling, sending out emails, making sure we get the same teams coming back and uh, trying to find new teams to uh, get the tournament uh, bigger. Um, then we have an organizing committee. Um, we got Steve Surrett, who's the co-chair Yarmouth, and Tina Como, who's the co-chair for Yarmouth. And then we have all kinds of volunteers from both sides that do awesome work behind the scenes to get the fish, the seafood chowder ready, mm-hmm. which is always a big hit, and then the hospitality room and everything else, um, and yeah, that's what goes on before the tournament starts. That's what everyone says, the seafood chowder is just the best, right? I mean, you got to go to the Timber Cup, you got to get the uh, the seafood chowder, it's always good. Uh, Jake, for yourself, what goes into preparations uh, for you coming into the tournament? Well, from a team point of view, you only want to get the players ready and going, and <clears throat> it's it's a great time for the players to be there. They're playing at home in front of their, you know, their friends and family, and, you know, and obviously, Hosting it with Paramba, it's it's there's that rivalry, but it's also a camaraderie ship because we're there together. We're there to put it on, and and outside of the team, there's you know there's the sponsorships and looking for donations from local communities, which is always great. And you know we we have no problems with that, so it's really great our community to step up and help us uh, put this tournament on. I noticed certainly last year there were a lot of sponsorships. <coughs> is it looking the same for for this year as well? Yes, it's it's been very good this year, and uh, you know we're kind of on par with where we were last year which is like I said it's great for our community they always seem to step up when it comes to amateur sports and and kids playing sports in the area so it's it's really good and I'll ask uh, both of you you know how it's been for your clubs uh, this season and uh, maybe go back through the pandemic just a little bit what I know things were shut down a lot of times was it hard to I guess recruit kids to play hockey after the pandemic um Yes and no. I mean, minor hockey has different rules than high school hockey, so it was kind of both the same where we were both not allowed to play and then we were allowed to play. But I think we've built up a pretty good reputation with the Valley High School Hockey League and both of our programs that once they've, they're done their minor hockey careers, if you want to call it that, that they're, they're excited to come play high school hockey, either for Paramba or for Yarmouth. So um, for us, we only graduated, we graduated two, and um, one of our players uh, went to Yarmouth. So we got a, pretty much the same core team we got back and picked up a few uh, uh, good players from Bantam AA. So, yeah, I'm happy with the way our season's been going so far. We're above 500, which is great. But as anybody knows who coaches high school kids or, or teenagers, it, it all depends who shows up that night, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And for you, Jake, with the Yarmouth High Vikings, how's it been this season? Uh, we started out really strong. Uh, we had a good showing at the first tournament of the year, and we came second in that tournament. So we started out really strong, and then we kind of slowed down a little bit, but we're hoping to turn things around and get back on that, that winning side and, and push and you know have a good showing you know at this tournament and going forward the rest of the year. So we have a, we have a lot of grade 12s this year, so we're hoping to you know have a strong season, but we also got to think about the future and who's coming up and who wants to get involved from those minor hockey ranks coming forward. 
I think the last time, if I remember correctly, I've been here long enough, I guess. The last time Yarmouth High won was 2012, I believe, the the, the tournament. So it's been 10 years. So is is that weighing on your mind or is that weighing on <laughs> I, your club's mind? Or? I think I think everybody, anytime you go to a tournament, you want to win it. But when it's at home, it's that extra little bit. And I know it's been a while since Yarmouth has won, and I don't know if Peb has ever got to that we, point. We made it to the finals in one tournament, but we never... It's a, we never won that elusive cup, yeah. But you always want to win at home, especially. You know, it's it's a big thing, and you want to win that that timber cup, or you know, it, you always want it. But it's it's a it's a big mountain to climb. There's some strong teams there. And the Timber Cup, of course, as it's called now, and the Pleasant Supplies <coughs> has stepped up as a big sponsor, obviously. But, of course, it used to be the Cook's Cup, and it, uh, it's still the same trophy, right? The, the milk jug or crate or whatever it <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, I think uh, we're one of the only tournaments that actually has a trophy with every player and coach's name yeah. engraved on it. So once they see it, they're, oh, my God, this is amazing. And they, they skate around like, a, like you've seen. Yeah. Like the Stanley Cup around the ring taking pictures and stuff like that. So Yeah. It really is... For my money, the best trophy in high school sports. I think probably in Nova Scotia. I mean, this thing is is unbelievable, and and it's what everybody talks about when they come here. They look at that; it's kind of set up on display in the lobby. They're like, "Wow, I want to win that!" Right? So uh, that's great. Who are some of the other uh, teams? I guess we'll be seeing this year some familiar teams. I think Bayview's coming back as well. Yeah, Bayview's here. Avonview, uh, Digby, Claire, uh, Claire uh, West Kings. Yeah, we got and a new team, Eastern Shores, coming down mm-hmm. this year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it'll be an interesting tournament. Obviously, there's some strong teams there, so it's a, it's a fight for anybody to get to that Timber Cup to win right, it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Not to quote Ric Flair or anything, but uh, to be the best, you got to beat the best. You know what I mean? So it's good. Yeah. I have all the time in the world for a Nature Boy Ric Flair reference on the weekend, or yeah, so that yeah, is yeah, great. Yeah. I love that. Um, and Bayview, I do want to talk about them because you look at them, they're a city team. You look at that, that Metro League it's a very strong league. Obviously, a lot more kids that live there. A lot more hockey players are playing there. So, but it seems like your teams have really held their own against them over the years, right? Yeah, yeah. We uh, we lost them in the semifinals last year by I think it was two goals. But they're a strong team. You have to come out ready to play against a team like that. They're uh, you know they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of players try out. Unlike our two teams, when you know we're we're barely cutting a few to <laughs> to make a team, right? So uh, yeah, you got to come out ready to play against a strong team. There's no doubt. Sixty minutes of hockey. Yeah. They, uh, yeah, like Jake said, they got three lines, so it's not like you can match up one on one, and then hopefully you can get some secondary scoring from your second or third line. Usually, their three lines are rolling pretty well, smooth and consistent throughout the lineup. So you got to bring your A game for the whole the whole period, like Jake said, to play against teams like that. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be great, and I should mention that the tournament is three days long. It's uh, next Friday to Sunday, so uh, come on out to Mariner Center and check it out. It's been a busy busy month at Mariner Center, no doubt. Uh, has uh, have you been able to play any uh, games this month due to the curling on the other side, or have uh, you been on the road mostly? We played early on in the month, and now we've had a few weekends of road games. But we understand that, and you know you got to make things work out. But we all know that this this tournament's coming up, so it's in the back of your mind. We might be away for a few weekends, but we're always going home for this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. for us, it's another dynamic. It kind of worked out great in the sense that lobster fishing started late, so we weren't playing right now anyway. Mm. Uh, we, if we had a game today, we'd have three players because everybody else is wow in the industry one way or another. So, hopefully, by Timber Cup, because of the week pushback of the start of LFA 34, that I'll have three lines or will have three lines. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we we like our first game since uh, the end of November is this weekend. So, mm. yeah, and that's that's a dynamic that maybe teams from away don't really think of is that you have players that are going out lobster fishing 
when the season starts. It's uh, that's one thing. But uh, yeah, a late start uh, to the season. But uh, it looks like everyone's going to be ready to play in Timber Cup. We're we're get our fingers crossed. It'll be the first time on the ice for most of those guys after two <laughs> weeks. Like they won't be around for practice. They're going to get every second on the sea that they can, and then be ready for. Hope to get rid of their sea legs and be ready for Friday. They've been getting they've been getting ready by hauling those traps. Exactly. Though, so yeah, they've been, they, yeah. you know the weights are, are no how yeah. hockey school. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we've we've been in the same boat. We haven't had a full lineup all season long between work and injuries and stuff. So it'd be nice if we can have all our players there ready to go. Yeah, absolutely. For fans that want to come out and see this, so what are the uh, the ticket or price packages like for that? Look at the price list right offhand. But I believe uh, it's five dollars for the day. Or uh, there's packages for the whole tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it was. I can't remember the exact price, but uh, yeah, there's day admission or there's a whole weekend admission. Perfect. Yeah. And if you're stuck at work and you can't get there, um, there's always the amazing live stream that MC Media does every year. It's awesome. So if you can't make it and you want to catch some awesome high school hockey action, check out MC Media. Yeah, yeah that's good to shout them out because uh, all week at the curling too, they've been running. They've been running that stream as well, and the stream. Is, is is excellent it really is um and uh you know it's the same for mariners hockey same for high school it's 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 really world class so uh if you can't make it you can watch it but so we certainly want to see those stands full and i know for you know particular you guys are the home teams for your games you want to see high all the students come out the teachers the uh the, the school family just to be there and support your teams right Oh, for sure. You know, and I know on uh, Friday, I believe our school and as well as Potterball and Drumlin mm-hmm. plan on sending <clears throat> kids to the, like all the students to the first home game mm-hmm. and uh, for the first tournament. And so hopefully the place will be packed all weekend long and, and come out. And it's, it's a great game. There's some really good hockey players out there. It's good action and, uh, you know, it's good, clean fun. And so it's, it's nice to have a whole arena packed. It's good for the kids. It's good for the community. And, and you can get your seafood chowder. <laughs> Don't forget <laughs> right. the seafood chowder. Yes. We need to remember the seafood chowder. <laughs> it's great. And, uh, you know, for the two of you, obviously, uh, in in this tournament, your partners, but on the ice, your rivals. So uh, so what do you think when you're going to match up here? What's uh, what's it been like for the two of you uh, against each other this year? Well, uh, I know that we've played three times, and we got the better of them the first game, but they've got us the last two. So uh, in this tournament, we're in different pools, so we won't see each other until we get to that final game if we both make it there. And obviously, we'd love to see that. And, you know, yeah, we do have a rivalry ship, you know, between the two teams. But, you know, from a coaching point of view, we've talked to each other a lot. We, we talk about hockey a lot and things. So it, it's a great, you know, we're friends, and it works out really good having someone close by that you can talk to about hockey and that on that high school level. It is really good. Absolutely. Yeah, there, like Jake said, there is that camaraderie. I mean, we carpool to every league meeting. We're always <laughs> talking to you at least once a week about whatever happened on each team. Yeah, when we jump on the ice, it's maroon against blue. But after the game, it, it stays on the ice. And uh, a Paramba-Yarmouth game, it does not matter on paper who has the better team because the game is always right play right to the last buzzer. It doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter. We've had better teams, and they've beat us, and vice versa. They've had better teams on the ice, and we've got the, you know what I mean? It just all depends who shows up, and it's always an awesome game between Parma and Yarmouth. Right. Well, I, I hope we'll be able to see that at the Timber Cup. Uh, uh, an all, you know, local final would be very cool to see, right? <laughs> that would be great. We yeah. guarantee that the cup is uh, the cup is coming home, so uh, we would certainly love to see that. So, again, uh, any uh, room for volunteers if somebody wants to help out or if things kind of all planned out? or uh, There's always room for volunteers. You know, we need people working at the front door uh, in collecting the admission, and we're selling 50-50 there. And I was also in the hospitality room uh, you know, any help that people can give is great. I know we've had some grandparents step up for our team and helping out. So anybody wants to come down, yeah, come on down and see, uh, you know, one of the volunteers there and say, yeah, I'd like to help out. It's always welcome. 
100% we get parents from teams past that say we're free that weekend miss hockey can we come back and help out so yeah like Jake said more the merrier well, uh, I'm certainly excited. I'll be uh, DJing uh, Friday and Sunday, so I'm looking forward to uh, to getting the crowd to make some noise for you guys. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to be at the rink and uh, and see this. And, like I said, hopefully it's not a repeat of last year. I think it was the last game or that last day. The next day they shut everything down. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we just flew in under the radar, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we're okay on that sense this I, year. I, I hope think so. so. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'd like to see the league continue on. It did throw things off a little bit last year, but uh, this year things are rolling good. Knock on wood, and it's uh, things are good. Yeah. So after Timber Cup, of course, there's the a break for for Christmas and everything. What's the uh, the new year look like for your teams? Um, for us, we have a tournament early February. We have regular season games still in January. Uh, one more tournament to play in Kentville, and then after that, it's finishing the league game. We have an All Star game that. We're both hosting, ah. so on January 29th, the Valley High School Hockey League uh, All-Star Game will be held in Yarmouth, so if you want to catch some more, all the best players in our league will be on display in Yarmouth on the 29th, and then it's regionals and provincials at the start of uh, March. And you were supposed to host that last year, right? Correct. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, it's coming back. That's it's coming back. Yeah. And, and and Jake, for your team? Well, we pretty much follow the same the same course. We're going on the same tournament again in uh, in February in Kentville. So, uh, you know, we, we play our league games and we work in some tournaments here and there and, and then wait and see where we end up come playoff time and where does provincials go. And, you know, you never know where you end up. So it's uh, like, like Julian has said, high school hockey, anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, Julian, Jake, thank you both for being here and uh, talking more about the Timber Cup. Uh, we're very excited for it. It's next weekend, so get out to Mariner Center and and check it out. Julian Boudreau, head coach of the Parambaugh Sharks. Jake McClay, head coach of the Yarmouth High Vikings, who are co-hosting this tournament. Thank you both, and good luck. Bring that cup home. It was somebody, I hope, in this room is going to bring that cup home. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. All right. And thanks to Y95 for, for this and the promotion. We greatly appreciate it. Not a problem. Uh, the Weekender returns in a moment on Y95. Welcome back to The Weekender on Y95. I'm Jacob Postlewaite. I'm joined today by the president and CEO of Easter Seals, Nova Scotia, Joanne Bernard, and she's here to chat about their new office right here in downtown Yarmouth. Thanks so much for joining me, Joanne. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So first off, for those who aren't aware, uh, tell us a little bit about Easter Seals and the work that you do. Great. Well, Easter Seals has been in Nova Scotia for 91 years. We are uh, a provincial organization that has a reach uh, throughout the province, but our uh, our uh, office is located in, in the Halifax Regional Municipality. We uh, are four programs, um, which are extraordinarily unique in the fact that they're all under one umbrella, under one organization. So we have a social enterprise called New Leaf uh, Enterprise, and that's located specifically in Dartmouth, and that is a, uh, a vocational training center for adults who come every day and do uh, life skills, business skills, they uh, uh, manufacture home decor. We have a very robust catering program um, and a commercial kitchen. We have two cafes, one on site and one at the Nova Scotia Rehab. And um, we have a very extensive supportive employment program where we help folks get careers in the community and support them through the transition of working independently. The second program we have is assistive devices in the wheelchair mobility or, or the wheelchair recycling program. 
Um, and assistive devices is where we accept the donations of gently used adaptive aids and mobility equipment. We, we clean it up here and, uh, we send it out to any occupational therapist or family in Nova Scotia that is in need of this equipment free of charge. And we also run the wheelchair recycling program on uh, behalf of the Nova Scotia Department of Community Services. Third program um, is uh, Camp Technish, which is the only um, very free, fully accessible recreational overnight camp for children, youth, and adults in Nova Scotia. And that's just outside of Amherst. We've been running that for 80 years in partnership with the uh, Amherst Rotary Club, and uh, that is a spectacular program that folks look forward to going to every year. And then, of course, uh, the last program is Take Part, and uh, this is the one that we really have been focusing on expanding throughout the the province because we understand how inclusive sport is so important. Uh, to children particularly, and to adults and seniors. And that's the one that uh, we've expanded uh, um, to Yarmouth. And so for the first time in the history of the organization, we actually have an office outside of HRM, which is very exciting for us. Yes, absolutely. And it seems like, you know, you have a very long history, you know, serving and supporting people living with disabilities here in Nova Scotia. That's, That's really great. Yes, it's a long, long time tradition. Not a lot of people know all the work that we do. They just know that they feel warm and fuzzy when they hear the words Easter Seals, Nova Scotia. But, uh, you know, this program and this expansion came forth uh, just through a conversation between uh, myself and Zachary Dixon, who's the Parasport Coordinator under Sport Nova Scotia. And we were looking at gaps in, in programming throughout the province when it came to inclusive sport. And uh, his number one was Yarmouth. And my number one to expand was Yarmouth. So we were able to work together. And uh, really, both of us are taking a leap of faith here. Um, set the office up on Main Street, 368 Main Street. It's in the... Uh, little mini mall that's there. Uh, hired a staff. Uh, Carrie Lane started yesterday. She's our, our uh, multi-program coordinator in Yarmouth. We have all uh, the programs booked, uh, either at the Marinus Center or at um, Meadowfields Community School. And we've just been really buoyed by the partnerships that we've been able to make. Haley Mood uh, through Recreation Nova Scotia and or Recreation Yarmouth and uh, Sport Nova Scotia has been extraordinarily vital in helping us make those connections in the community so that we can run these uh, um, programs in the, those facilities which are accessible. The equipment is there and uh, all the sessions that we're offering starting in January are free of charge. Um, because we never, ever want registration fees to be a barrier for families or adults uh, that want to have their children uh, in um, in inclusive sports. So we're really excited. We're ready to go. Yeah, that's that's really great, you know, making that, that little bit, doing that so people can, it's even more accessible for people who might have, you know, not just a disability, but a financial, you know, trouble yeah. as well. There's There's absolutely no barrier there. Well, and the cost for families that that have, you know, children that may live with different abilities is, is extraordinary, whether it's, um, you know, uh, uh, transportation, um, doing over a van, um, uh, medication, adaptive aids, 
educational aids, it all adds up. Um, and so adding a registration fee to a sport where kids can come and have fun uh, just doesn't make sense to us. And the Medivy Foundation has been very good with us and in, in helping us waive those fees uh, throughout the province. We we run these programs in Halifax and we run um, sledge and uh, hopefully basketball soon in Sydney. So uh, uh, it's, it just makes sense that we, we don't charge anything for this and we try to make as many partnerships as we can to offset the cost for us. And we've been able to do that. So it's been lovely. Oh, for sure. That's That's really good. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, that program you mentioned, Take Part, which you're really you know, pushing here in the area. So tell us a little yes. bit about what that program is and what's going to be offered through that. Sure. Uh, so Take Part is inclusive sport. Um, generally in the HRM region, we have Learn to Botcha, which uh, is for uh, seniors, and we run that in partnership with Northwood. In the summer, we have something called Learn to Ride, which is an adaptive assisted equestrian program that we run uh, at a ranch just outside of HRM. Um, and then Learn to Sledge, uh, we run at BMO and up in Grace Bay. And Learn to Wheel, we run here at St. Andrews. So what we're bringing to uh, Yarmouth is Learn to Bacha, which will happen um, every sa- uh, Saturday morning from 9 to 10. It's for adults and seniors, and it really is a, a great way for uh, folks who might be socially isolated a little bit or just want to get out and and do something that's not too taxing, not too um, uh, uh, arborist for them to do. We have adaptive aids if they cannot throw a small ball onto the floor. Um, and it really is a fun sport. Um, we run it here at Northwood, and we get anywhere it's up to 25 seniors every week to come in and, and enjoy a good rousing game of bacha. Um, and they love it, and it's, it's a good socialization time. It helps uh, with the upper body strength. It helps with uh, um, coordination and absolutely helps with mental health and getting out and playing a, a little uh, little game of bacha. Uh, so that's happening, like I said, every Saturday um, from January 7th to March 25th. You do not need to register for that. You just show up. It's at the Meadowfields Community School, uh, which is on Prospect Street in Yarmouth, and that's from 9 to 10, and of course, no charge. Um, the second one uh, program that we're running is Learn to Sledge, and Learn to Sledge is really non-competitive intro to sledge hockey for children ages 6 to 16 who are living with physical and or cognitive disabilities. Um, and so it's very non-competitive, very introductory. It'll be held at the Mariner Center on Sunday, starting on January 8th, from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, uh, free of charge. Um, but they must, parents must register by emailing uh, Yarmouth at easterfields.ns.ca or by calling Carrie at 902-812-5376. Um, and we need a registration for that because we need to know um, what the uh, challenges, the mobility challenges, um, and what some of the kids might be prone to. We need to know that so that we're prepared with volunteers and uh, all of the things that we need to make it a safe, um, enjoyable session for kids. And that's for kids from 6 to 16. And then the last program that we're offering is Learn to Wheel. And that's an intro to wheelchair basketball for children ages 6 to 16 living with physical and or cognitive disabilities. You do not need to be in a wheelchair. We teach you how to maneuver through the youth 
sport chairs that we uh, have uh, on loan from Parasport Nova Scotia. That is happening at Meadowfields Community School, um, and it's happening on Saturdays from 10.30 to 11.30. So we have Boccia from 9 to 10, and then quickly followed by the wheelchair at 10.30 to 11.30, and that starts Saturday, January 7th as well. And we also need folks to register for that for the same reasons I, I uh, mentioned for Sledge. So email yarmouth at easterseals.nf.ca or by calling Carrie at 902-812-5376. We have um, up uh, 10 to 12 spots for uh, both the Learn to Wheel and Learn to Sledge. And we, have, we, can, we can accommodate up to 20 people with the Learn to Bacha. So it's just a really good opportunity for kids who oftentimes are, are sidelined um, when their siblings or their friends are pa- playing it, you know, sports like uh, hockey and, and wheel or uh, or basketball. And it's just a way for kids to feel included, learn some skills, have some fun, meet some other folks. Um, and it, it's really successful. We've, we've uh, grown it here in Halifax and we've grown it in Cape Breton and we're really excited to bring it to Yarmouth. And, and Meadowfields Community School has been a tremendous uh, partner with us, and they're very excited to have these uh, uh, inclusive sports for kids uh, in the community. Yeah, that's all really good. That's a lot of great programs, a lot of good things to get involved with, you know, for everybody who, who like you said, who might be sidelined, who are looking to participate. I think that's all really good. And I saw that this is, it's kind of all to advance parasport programming in Nova Scotia. Is that right? Yes. It is. It is. And, and uh, Sport Nova Scotia, particularly Parasport Nova Scotia, has done a tremendous job over the last couple of years of trying to grow all these games, whether it's um, wheelchair basketball or wheelchair soccer um, or sledge. You know, there are, when you have a province that um, has the highest incidence per capita of um, uh, disabilities in Canada. We know that there are many children that have been left on the sideline, that have been left out of the game. And so our goal, as well as Parasport, is to make sure that uh, as many kids as possible can be included in sport, because we know how advantageous that is, not only to their physical health, but to their to their mental health and their, um, you know, not feeling isolated within the school system or within their community because they simply don't have the ability to participate. And, and these programs really erase that barrier. Yes, for sure. Uh, and another program I saw mentioned was the assisted mobility program. So what can you tell us about that? That will be starting in January through the same office. And um, we, we will uh, be accepting uh, gently used adaptive aids and we'll be able to sanitize and tinker with them if they need tinkering. And then just sort of be like a uh, um, uh, a revolving door of having them donated and getting them back out into the community free of charge, um, sort of like a clearinghouse. And uh, the, recyc- uh, the, mo- the wheelchair recycling program, uh, which we deliver on behalf of the Department of Community Services, uh, will be more streamlined through that Yarmouth office for the southwestern region as well. So uh, we're, you know, this is a one-year pilot project. We want to keep it in the community. Um, we think there's support to keep it in the community, and we're we're in it for the long haul. So uh, I'm really excited to see how these programs go and the folks that come out to them. And uh, um, I'm I'm absolutely certain they'll be successful. 
I think it will be. I think it it will be a, a great program. And if anybody's listening who is thinking about it, definitely, you know, get involved. Absolutely. Um, we're looking for volunteers as well for all three of those sports uh, that can be uh, arranged through Carrie um, at the office. And so uh, if you want to come out and support kids and learning them how to do the basics in wheelchair and sledge, please do. Carrie will be running those programs as well as Boccia. We also hope to to maybe look at the seniors' uh, uh, homes in the areas and bring Boccia to them because uh, it's very easy to do. We just need a room. We've got the equipment. We've got uh, the staff. Um, and uh, it's a very easy program to facilitate. And it's a very easy uh, program for seniors with all different mobility challenges to participate with. And you mentioned some of those partnerships earlier. You partnered with uh, Yarmouth Recreation and Parasport Nova Scotia to help set up yes. this office. So tell us a little bit about that collaboration. Um, we've have, we have a lot, well, not with Yarmouth Recreation. This is new, which is wonderful. But we have a long history at Easter Seals of seeking out uh, partnerships in the community to help us expand programs. Because it is, it, at the end of the day, it's a win-win for everyone. Parasport Nova Scotia has been tremendous in in with some funding, but most notably through their, their Parasport Equipment Program, which uh, we were able to borrow all the youth chairs and and transport them uh, down into storage at the at the at the school uh, yesterday. So um, these partnerships, uh, you know, it's very difficult for organizations to do it alone. Um, if you partner with folks, and we've always always partnered with folks to bring. Uh, communities together around inclusive sport. Um, it's a win-win for them. They're trying to to spread all these different games, and we're trying to to help them do that uh, because they know that we we run a good program. We have years of experience in running inclusive sport. Um, so it's you know, and and when recreational uh, municipal recreational associations, uh, when they have both of us knocking on their door, they're going to be very receptive because it's an, a value add to their community for uh, an underserviced group of kids and adults that often don't get to participate in sport. Yeah, for sure. And uh, starting to wrap up here, uh, what do people need to know to get involved with these programs? Well, uh, it, it, this is a lovely thing about having staff on site in Yarmouth um, with a physical office and location. Um, we're located at 368 um, Main Street in that little mini mall. Um, and we're in Suite 224. Uh, Carrie is there for the month of December from Monday to Friday. Um, or you can email her at yarmouth at easterseals.ns.ca um, or by calling Carrie at 902-812-5376. And she would love to hear from folks either through registration or if they'd like to volunteer uh, and help us deliver these programs to kids and seniors in the community. Um, we'd be most uh, grateful for that. Uh, but she's willing to, she's uh, ready and willing. She's uh, off to the to the races, so to speak, today and um, getting everything set up. And, uh, you know, we're ready to go. She's there. Um, and she'll be moving around the community and meeting with folks um, to introduce uh uh, groups and organizations to the fact that Easter Seals Nova Scotia is now definitely in the town of Yarmouth. That's great. And uh, do you have any f other final thoughts or anything else that you wanted to share? 
Well, I, I just think it's important uh, for communities, particularly those outside of HRM, um, when when organizations uh, come into town, we've been so welcomed by uh, so many people in the town of Yarmouth, and it's it's really important to to keep these programs going to support uh, either through registration or volunteering or donations, whatever you'd like, um, to keep these uh, these programs up and running in these in these uh, areas outside of HRM. Uh, we know that, uh, you know, disabled kids, uh, particularly in, in rural areas, um, don't always have access to these programs. I know one little fellow that comes to our Learn to Wheel in Halifax travels every Monday from Westville, uh, just outside of the Picto area. And, uh, you know, kids shouldn't have to travel that far for these sports. Um, we're trying to make them as available as we can. Um, and that was the the real impetus for us looking at Yarmouth and that catchment area, uh, because we knew that there was a lot of gaps in inclusive sport in that area. So uh, we're really excited. We we believe it's going to be uh, extraordinarily successful in that area. Well, I think so too. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me, Joanne, and you know sharing a little bit about the upcoming programming here in the Yarmouth area from Easter Seals. Great. Thank you so much, Jacob, for having me on. That was the president and CEO of Easter Seals, Nova Scotia, Joanne Bernard, chatting about their new office here in Yarmouth. And that's our program for today. Thanks for listening. For story suggestions or to submit feedback, email news.cjls at radioabl.ca or call our news line at 902-749-1919. To listen to archived versions of our program, visit us online at cjls.com and click on The Weekender. The Weekender is a production of the Y95 Newsroom and is brought to you by Eris Yarmouth, your one-stop healthy home center.